Welcome to At The Root. I am your host, Greg Kuyper, and this is a place and time we talk about connection. Not Wi-Fi connection, not Bluetooth connection, not a flight connection, but emotional connection with others and with ourselves. And yes, I did say emotional connection with ourselves. How can we possibly have connection with family members, friends, or partners at a sincere emotional level if we haven't figured out how to have that kind of connection with ourselves? These are the kind of topics we're going to talk about on this show, and I hope you'll join me each week as we go on this discovery together. I am a practicing psychotherapist, just to let you know where I'm coming from. I'm also a holistic life coach, a recovering addict and alcoholic, and a deeply spiritual person. That about covers it, unless I bring up that I'm also a grandpa. I am joined today by one of my producers, Stacy Heller. Hello, Stacy. Hello. I'm excited about this. I am too. I am too. You know, I was thinking it, it, it's been about a year since all of this pandemic stuff started. Ah, uh, yeah. And what a, what a bizarre thing to happen for connection between individuals, you know. I'm, I'm really witnessing it in all facets of my work, individuals, couples, families. It's just really thrown a different wrench into the whole dynamic. Oh, it, it has, you know, you talk about emotional connection with yourself. Um, that sounds divine, but I feel like I have to go sit in my car in order to do that. <laughs> There's no place for me to do that because I've got kids at home right. and kids from college are at home. And, you know, and then introverts are struggling and extroverts are struggling. And I mean, it's it's really a, a mishigash. It is. And, you know, me time is so important, right, for for all of us, and uh, as I talk to people in, uh, in my practice, this me time is becoming harder and harder to, to do, to have. I mean, finding a spot in the house or, or going on a walk in the rain or whatever it takes, but it's, it's difficult. Well, and it's no longer just this, you know, self-care and people viewing it as a luxury. You know, you right. don't realize how much time you actually did have for me time until you really didn't have it. And we're realizing it's no longer a luxury. I mean, it, it never was, but like now it really. Is yeah, important. it appears to be. Right. For most people. Uh, uh, so now the question is, how do we how do we find connection with ourselves so that we can not miss our connection with others because there's not many flights that I'm trying to connect with right now, but no, but, but connections <laughs> are very important. They are, you know, and, and it all comes through self-awareness, awareness piece. And that's certainly a lot of what we want to talk about on this show at some point, but, uh, or every show for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many people have lost connection with their friends, right? Because that's so important for everyone to have the social piece. I mean, for me, it's like hugs. Come on. Right. I mean, I'm a hugger. And, and you know, you just, that's not, I can't do it. Right. I mean, even I don't want to do it. Even right? as a grandpa, right? Yeah, right, right. Well, it's difficult then too, right? I mean, my grandkids are in their teens and 
They've got jobs, and do I want to hug them? I want to hug them, but can I? I it's really strange. Right. And, and, you know, people, friends, coworkers too, right? I mean, uh, I'm finding a lot of people have discovered through not being at work that they really miss that part, being at work, uh, the camaraderie, talking to people, um, and just that interaction is so important to people, and now it's not there. And, you know, the Zoom screen just doesn't cut it for that. It, it doesn't. It, no. it doesn't at all. Um, kids, and, kids and teachers, I mean, that whole, that's got to be so hard for the teachers. I mean, th- that, that's the connection mm-hmm. there, that learning experience for the kids. And uh, I, I work with adolescents, and they are just really struggling with online learning. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, you know, I, if, if I were a teacher, it would be so hard to look at that Zoom screen and see all those names and, and no video because they turned the video off. Right. I don't know. But uh, to me, that would be really weird. And Where's the connection there? Right? And they can't force the kids to do it because obviously we don't live in an equitable world. And so not everybody has access to those things. And and I just, I mean, it's one thing to look to teach to blank stares when you're a teacher of teenagers. But right. it's another <laughs> like <laughs> blank screen. Right. Right. <laughs> it's got to be hard to establish that, you know. Teenagers, too, with uh, it's, it, the social piece is so much a part of their lives. I mean, it is their life, um, especially with the social media. And, um, it, it, something else I'm seeing is, it, is it's always hard to figure out romance when you're an adolescent, right? Oh. Boy, yes. they, they, it's really hard now. <laughs> I've I, experienced like so many... Uh, youngsters that are just, I mean, how do you how do you nurture some kind of a romantic relationship via text, right? You it's, do it the old-fashioned way. It's through it's through love letters and texts and. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, I had uh, I'll tell you a story about that. I had a um, had a young man, early twenties, and he was struggling with his uh, relationship with his partner, and. Um, we actually talked about it for a couple of sessions, uh, deeply working out this communication issues were just terrible. And I have to admit, it, it, finally at one point I just paused and it hit me. And I said, are you guys talking or texting? <laughs> and he goes, well, we're texting. And I just, I mean. <laughs> talk about at the root. <laughs> talk about at the root. That's right. I mean, they were texting and, and having problems communicating uh, emotionally, right? Romantically, whatever. That's um, uh, really hard. Well, that it speaks to what you're talking about with connection and those missed connections because you think about Zoom and even then it's really hard to see and understand how people are communicating because it's not a 3D view of What's their um, what's their body language? You mm. know, really, what's the energy that's around them? Because energy is something that's you know palpable, and so when you really can't get that sense, this communication that we've all had to struggle with during the pandemic, it's been like a facade, a false front. 
It certainly has. And, and, you know, from a therapist standpoint, I mean, I know that all my fellow therapists out there experience the same thing. I mean, not being in the same room with the person you're trying to establish this therapeutic alliance with, not being able to see each other's body language, facial expressions, uh, feel the emotion in their voice as much, uh, it just doesn't come across on a video screen. And uh, it really uh, makes a big difference. And yet, from what I understand, therapists, counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists are busier than ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I turn... I turn down multiple people each week. I'm just full, and I have no one to refer them to. Right. Well, we're uh, in a rarely because everyone else is full too. We're in a mental health pandemic. It is definitely a mental health pandemic. Lots of anxiety. I mean, the anxiety is is off the charts, and it's just getting more and more and more. And I notice it in in people I've been seeing for a long time, right? And just. It just increases, increases, increases. And it has to do mainly, I think, with um, hope. I mean, where's the hope, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when something, when there's some certainty to an end, when you can see an end to an issue or a problem, you can find some hope. But it just keeps, this just seems to keep getting bumped back. Back right. and back and back and farther and farther and and problems and and the hope is hard to find, really is. Well, and at the top of the show, you mentioned that the best way to connect with other people is to make sure that we're emotionally connected with ourselves. So then, how do we even? I mean, if we're not getting me time, right? What do we do? Yeah. Um, I've been seeing increasing over the last few months, increasing where it's not so much that, well, it is still there, but uh, the connection is hard to find, but it is, there's too much connection almost at home, right? And if if a couple, for instance, um, had difficulty with connection before, but they had a place to go, they had work to go to, the kids weren't there all the time, um, they could function a little better, right? right? Distraction. Distraction, right. There it is. Distraction. That's the word. And and now, I mean, they are just in each other's face all day long. And I'm really, people starting to talk about it with me. It's like, what do I do here? And it all goes back to the initial root of the problem, which is being aware of uh, how to how to interact in a connection like that, right? And when the distraction's gone, it's in your face. Mm-hmm. And in a weird, twisted way, it's a good thing if you can work on it, if you can see it and move it up in the priority list, let's put it that way. Right. right? Because it has to, almost. Well, you're certainly both there to work mm. on it. Right, right. You know, it, it's, and, and we're not talking about the kind of connection where, you know, uh, a partner comes out of the home office uh, after work and runs into the other partner in the kitchen and, and you know, oh, how was your day today? <laughs> oh, not bad, not bad, a little stressful, but okay, how about yours? 
oh, it was a little more stressful than yesterday, but uh, I made it through. I made it through. Want to watch some TV? I mean. <laughs> right. Where should we order dinner from? <laughs> that's not, that's not the, yeah, where should we order dinner from? There, there, that's it, too. That's not the, that's not the kind of connection we're talking about. We're talking about that emotional connection where a person can feel how the other person is feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, it takes being able to be vulnerable enough to do that, right? We're jumping all over the place here, but, but this is it. Well, this it's, is it. It's yeah. at the crux of things. You know, right. when, when I hear Pete on the phone and he's working and I can sense something in his tone, you know, instead of how was your, how was your day, you know, your day seemed to really rile you up and, you know, what's going on and, right. and asking those questions. And I'm not great at this. I mean, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it's it's really important. Well, and what makes it so important is that's where that, once again, I use the word connection, but there's integration of two separate individuals together, right? And the source of compromise, if you will. But, but being able to get in there and... Um, Be vulnerable. And it's so hard to be vulnerable in today's world, right? I mean, that's, it's a weakness, right? Supposedly. Right. It's a weakness. It's not a weakness. It's a huge strength. If you follow Brene Brown's work, it's incredible with the uh, work she does with courage and, and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I love your idea of, of integration and right. how that works. You know, like we were, um, we, we've talked about this before, and I use the the analogy of, you know, fusion cooking and that, you know, if you have, (laughs) you know, Asian fusion and so you've got one chef that's really focused on that and then let's say you've got somebody that is, you know, um, really into like steaks and whatever. So how do you fuse them together so that one's narrative or story Mm -hmm. isn't taking over really the the flavor and leaving you with nothing but heartburn? Right. So, so integration is defined as the linkage of two differentiated parts, right? And, and two people in a relationship are differentiated parts, right? They're not the same. It, it'd be a boring relationship mm-hmm. if they were, probably. But, but so we got two differentiated parts and the linkage of those parts into something that is a we, right, mm-hmm. rather than two me's while at the same time maintaining the differentiation. Right. And that's integration. And that's where we just have so much problems in relationships. Is, and think about it now. With the, I mean, we've got the pandemic, but this whole political climate, and, and I'm not going to talk politics on this show, but uh, I don't think. No, we're not going to. That's, that's the rule. Okay? Make the rule. Put it right, down. That's it. Write it on the board. We're not going to do that. Check. Check. But, but, but there's so many families that are torn just on those issues right there. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, I mean and, and I see it, a lot of it. And it is, uh, talk about two differentiated ideas and trying to bring that together and link it together in a positive way so that there can be a we that mm-hmm. 
both individuals in the we can uh, be okay with being vulnerable and sharing their feelings Mm -hmm. and being validated and not getting trampled on by the other person. Oh, my. Right now, I mean, when it comes to some of this political stuff, uh, it's not happening in a lot of relationships, I'll tell you that. It's it's not. I, you know, I think of... um, I think of this and Charlie, our youngest son, he actually wrote one of his college essays about the fact that at one point he was listening to all kinds of YouTube channels and all these different things and views very differing from our families. And he used to come to the kitchen table and basically drop a bomb of, you know, this is what I think. And he would sort of (laughs) wait for things to implode. Right. Right. And one, we realized that that was um, what you call a bid for connection. Sure. That, you know, he's dropping this bomb of like, let's see what happens. And rather than treat him with any kind of malice or, you know, treat him like he was less than or whatever, we we I mean, he had intelligent views. He's articulate. He's all of these things. He deserves respect of what his opinions are. And we just constantly worked to explain, well, this is what we think. We hear what you're saying and this is what we think and whatever. And what's so interesting is, you know, at a time when we thought, oh, my gosh, are we going to raise this kid that has these differing views? How do you function with this? (laughs) And then, you know, years later, he's writing about this and saying, I cringe at some of the things that I said. But what I am appreciating is that you never made me feel less than for having different views. I still felt heard. And that when he's talking about what he wants to bring to these college campuses where he's applying, he's saying, I think that we need to live in a world where everybody needs to be heard and respected. And You you gave him the voice, you know. With your help. (laughs) You let him have that voice. and. That's what we're missing so much in this connection piece is that validation of the other, mm-hmm. right? And if we get so, so stuck in ourselves and what we believe and what we want to, no matter what, I can't accept any other opinions, mm-hmm. uh, there is no connection mm-hmm. because the connection is that ability to listen and validate. And it's just not happening right now in many uh, people's lives. And Yeah, and I think people make the mistake of when they think that they're making a connection with, you know, uh, a teen or a coworker or mm-hmm. their spouse or whomever, they say, yes, but... And so they think that by saying the yes, they are connecting with someone. Right. However, the but just negated everything that that person said. And yeah. so it's a yes and. Right. So, I mean, even even the words that we use to connect sentences are important, right? Absolutely. And that's that validation piece, right? As soon as someone says but, I mean, it's, right? I mean, it's, the connection is, may not be severed, but it is damaged. Because then the person that hears the but mm-hmm. goes off on their own uh, fantasy in their head, if you will, or rehearsal in their head, thoughts going, and then they are not able to hear what the other person's but was. And that's the whole key is, is boy, so many of us 
and I got to put myself in here too. I had to learn this, and I'm still learning it. But it's it's when my partner tries to tell me something, and you know, I'm a fixer. You know, I, that's a guy thing, isn't I, it? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I try not to say it, but I'm going to have to say that if we're going to stereotype, uh, I'm sure statistics would show that probably show that more men are that way. Anyway, it's just the well, way we're brought up. But 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 it's the whole idea of I'm already fixing her situation in my head as she's talking to me about this um, warm, concerning thing to her, and I miss all of it because I got the solution A, B, C, D, and if she'd just shut up, I could get, tell her B, <laughs> and B's the answer. And then, you know, after... After I blurt out something, or I mean, I'm, I'm not the only person that does this. But anyway, I, I, I <laughs> after have... I blurt it out, and it, there's this pause and this concerned look, and it's like, you didn't hear a word I said. <laughs> no. Right? I mean, you didn't hear a word I said. I mean, and 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 then the, and then as a therapist, I go, oh, caught. I'm doing it too. It's a thing. It's a thing. Well, somebody once taught me that there is this idea of when you're trying to make a connection with someone um, or just, you know, somebody comes to you with a concern, you ask the question, you you front load and you say, do you want me to hear you? Do you want me to help (laughs) you? Because that's a collaborative thing. Or do you want me to handle it so that you can be prepared? How does that work in your relationship with your wife that, that or your husband i mean oh, i mean <laughs> you know what you can lay on a couch and i will talk to you about this i'm sure that your significant other is like you go stacy you tell him <laughs> she's listening right now sure. i know she is um but but it's do you handle it no you know what everybody wants i think Everybody, ooh, I hate those big birds like that. Everybody. What, mo- what I think most people want is just listen. Just listen to what I'm saying. You don't have to agree with it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to argue with me about it. You don't have to point out my mistakes or my grammar errors or whatever. Just listen to what I'm saying. And we're talking about listening to what you're feeling. saying. We're talking about listening to what you're feeling. Okay, so that's what it is. It's you didn't hear a word I said, did you? It's more you didn't feel a thing I felt, did you? That's the connection. Mm -hmm. And that's where it comes from is being able to feel the pain and the other or the happiness or the sadness, the joy, the anger, whatever it is, anxiety, being able to hear that in the other person's message to you. Right. And this is why the young man couldn't get it across in text, right? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> how do you feel? Right. And that's the thing. You can hear with more than just your ears. There are multiple senses to engage. Right. And that's that's what's so key about that communication piece. And the interaction piece is being able to get way down there and no matter what, Listen um, with vulnerability and answer with vulnerability. Oh, my God, it's so scary because you've probably been stepped on, trampled on. You know, your vulnerability has been damaged a few times, maybe your whole life, way back when you were a kid. I mean, 
there's a there's there's a lot of relational trauma that's happened that has formed the way we are now, mm-hmm. and we're still we're still using those same old adaptations and defensive strategies that we developed way back when we were three or four to protect ourselves from that trauma. It's still there because it's automatic. I mean, it's, we've been doing it for 35, 40 years, 50 years. And I'm like uh, 51. <laughs> okay. We've been doing it all those years. And it's, it's automatic. It's autopilot. So we all function from this autopilot standpoint. And yeah. It's, it is, um, the narratives don't serve anymore. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that's so important is that the narratives are not working. And so we need to, as you say, get emotionally connected to ourselves to see what our new narratives are so that we can then create a connection with other people. Well, yeah. I mean, if we're going to be vulnerable, we better be confident in our vulnerability, right? We better feel good about being vulnerable. And, and that requires being connected internally uh, with our own emotions. And boy, we're going to open one up there when we Talk mm-hmm. about that in the future, but uh, I'm this has been awesome week. today. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. That's all about all the time we've got today. I hope you will come back next week for more talk around how we connect emotionally. These shows are recorded, and you can find them on Podcast One. Just search for Greg Kuiper, and remember, at the root of connection is awareness. Stay aware out there. See you next time.